Hey, everybody. God bless you and praise the wonderful name of Jesus. This is Pastor Jonathan. I want to welcome you to the Church of Jubilee podcast. I pray that today's message may be a blessing for you, that it may sow a seed of word and encouragement inside of you. I pray that when you hear the message of being transformed but not conformed, you begin to instantly think about the renewing of what God's going to do in your mind. I also pray that, and I challenge you, to that this week you begin to search God, seek His ways, learn more of His Word, and allow the Spirit of God to move and dwell within your spirit. Be fresh upon the Word of God. Love the Lord. Serve Him. And remember that He is ready to transform you. And a transformed mind no longer thinks the same way according to the way they used to think. They transform the way they think because God has done the instant change in them. But if you're not careful, the world and its ideologies will try to tell you what you should believe. And it's not going to always match up with the word of God talks to. I pray that this word blesses you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. We are now on iTunes as well. And uh, Church of Jubilee podcast, that's what you can look for there. We pray that God bless you through this message. And don't forget to share. God bless you. God, the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2 the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2 when you have it give me an, a great amen the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2 hallelujah all right we're getting some people there I hear too many people in the back the book of Romans chapter 12 verses 2 verse 2 the word of God reads like this do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Look to your neighbor and say, transformed but not conformed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may have your seats given glory to God. Transformed but not conformed. You know, some of you may have heard a similar message um, earlier in the year. I brought forth a similar message, um, maybe with the same title. You recognize the name of this title, but I changed it up a little bit based on what the Lord had given me for this current time at this current place. Amen? And I want to start off by explaining to you what it means to be conformed. The Word of God says, do not be conformed to this age. We look in the book, and in, in the dictionary, and it says, to be conformed is of a person, of some person, to behave according to socially acceptable conditions or, or, or agreements or standards. Hallelujah. You with me so far? To, to behave according to them, to, to be, uh, you know, to live a way of socially being acceptable to what the general population thinks is okay. In the first portion of Romans, it says that we shall not be conformed to this world, meaning that we cannot be like this world. We have to be different from this world. Amen? And the reason why we have to be different is because we are that light that has been situated on top of a hill. And if your light shines like everyone else out there in the world, then you don't shine any different. Hallelujah. But I know today in Jubilee that there is someone today that says, let my light shine for you, Jesus. That when it is upon the hill, it shines so bright. But I'm not going to conform myself to the way the world thinks. Hallelujah. 
It is a direct command from Paul that we should not behave according to the quote-unquote social standards, according to what the normal, the normal way of living is being defined now in today's times. You see, it's funny, isn't it interesting and funny in some, some way that we find ourselves in the same situation that Paul was talking about. Has not this world come up with the ideologies that have been so wicked to the word of God? They've been perverted. They're so twisted the way this, this mentality of the world is. And, and, and we find here in Paul that he was dealing with something like this. Paul was telling him not to be conformed, but to be transformed. Because when you transform something, listen to this, a change has to take place. The transformers of electricity, they get all the wattage, all the voltage of energy, and they transform it. They, they convert the DC power to AC power, and, and they transform it. It's not the same anymore. Hallelujah. We're born in a society that is a failing society. The moment you and I were born, the moment we were deemed to fail. Do you understand that? You were born in a world that's going to fail. You're going to fail many times. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. But you got to know how to get back up. Hallelujah. You have to know how to let God get your mind, transform your life, and say, no longer will you be conformed to what you were supposed to be. You will be transformed into something greater. Hallelujah. If it's not for the blood of Jesus saving us on that cross, giving his life so that we can accept him, we would not have a chance in today's world. Because we would be conformed to the way they think. We live in a world that promises fast pleasure at the cost of your soul. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, the devil has no shame in telling you what he wants you to think. When it comes to reading the satanic Bible, which I pray we never read, but if you study a little bit about just what it's about, we already know it's about Satan. But one of his major philosophies is do what thou wilt. Shall be the whole of the law or something like that. I use this a lot of my preachings because I've studied upon the, the other side that, that worships their God. And their mentality is do what thou wilt. Do whatever you want, whatever you want. It's your life. You can do it. It's you. You deserve to live the way you want to live. You get one life and live it the way you want. Live it to the fullest. He has no shame in putting out there what he wants you to be like. All about you and nothing of Jesus. We sang a song earlier that says, I decrease so that you increase. Satan's way of thinking is, I want you to increase so that God can decrease. But the apostle says this in the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. How was I crucified with Christ? The moment I accepted Jesus Christ into my life and took on the form of the baptism of waters, I became crucified in his death. And he says this, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I no longer have to live for Jonathan anymore. I live for the mighty God that I serve, that in my deepest moments went to me on my knees and picked me up out of a mess that was going to take me on a road straight to hell. Hallelujah. But if it was not for his mercy and his grace, if it wasn't for the love of God that he has, I would not be here preaching the word to you today. But the, the apostle says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith 
in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is making a declaration saying, it's not about you. It never will be about you. It's about the power of God that works in you. It's about the mighty God and Savior that is inside of you, that lives in you, that teaches you, that loves you, that holds you, that comforts you. Hallelujah. It's about that, God. It's never been about you. As a matter of fact, Satan doesn't attack you because it's just you. He attacks you because he wants to get to God. He attacks you because he wants you to understand one thing, that if I can touch his precious children and his precious children fall, then I can go accuse them of him, accuse them before him and say, you see what your children are doing? They call themselves you. They love you. They say they love you, but they turn their back on you. That's Satan's obstacle. It's not about you. It's about the God that lives in you. It's about from the beginning of time, the enemy has been against to destroy, uh, to destroy what God has in your life. But to be conformed is to dip into the world's muddy bucket. If you are in Christ and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and, you, and you've, you've been baptized and you're, you've Holy Ghost filled and you've been saved, you have put on the white linen of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? You wear spiritually, you wear a spiritual linen that is white as snow that has been cleaned, uh, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And it says, I belong and I am a, a child of God. I am a child of the Most High. I belong to Jesus Christ. Property of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we live in a world where the mud, the mud outside looks so good. And I just want to play with the mud for a little bit because it's so awesome. That mud, man, when you form it, it's all mushy and you can put twigs in it and you can make a little fort, stack it up nice, get some blocks, and you begin to entangle yourself and conform yourself to the world. The world. If you have children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Put a child before mud and water and dirt and see what happens. They will not be able to keep their hands off of that. That's what happens. Amen. They want to play with it. They like it. They don't even know what it is, but they just love to play with it. And it's almost like a natural attraction for them. You see, the world has this mud that seems so cool. Their ideas, their, their ideologies, the way they live, the way they party it up, the way they, they, they promise a, a life of happiness and many girls and they dance naked and, and you think that, oh man, that's a fun life. And it presents this image. And sooner or later, if we're not careful, we become to be conformed. Like, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. And then we start playing with it. And this is so awesome. And oh, yeah, it's great. And we start playing with the mud. The mud of this world, hallelujah. But Paul says, do not conform. Don't be accustomed. Don't get used to it. Don't think that you're a part of them. Don't get used to being someone you're not. It's not who you're destined to be. It, the, the ideas will take you away. All this, this I'm using an, an analogy, okay, or even a metaphor if you want to think of it that way. This mud will take you to a place that will get you so filthy and dirty that you won't be recognized. Hallelujah. And your, your linen is going to be dirtied. Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm transformed, but not conformed. Oh, you got to say it with purpose. I'm transformed, but not conformed. 
There you go. Now you're making a declaration. Now when you talk, you talk with some authority. You're talking like, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Amen. So I want you to know that while the mud may seem fun and promising, when you get back to your heavenly father, Jesus, he looks at you and says, what happened to your white linen? You're a mess. And if you're my kid, I say, what, a, what did you do? You're so, you're a mess. No, Josiah, don't touch that. No. You look, now you got dirty your clothes. Any mom and dad's going to think like that. You know, you put on a nice clean clothes, they go dirty. You're like, really? I just changed you. Amen? Well, imagine when you get back to God and he looks at you and he sees and he sees your whole filthy linen all full of mud. And then you're like, well, I was just playing a little bit with it, God. And he says, but yeah, but I don't recognize you anymore because you're no longer wearing the white linen I had. You've dirtied it. Hallelujah. And you're like, I can take it off. I can take it off. And then all these crumbs fall everywhere. And you make even a bigger mess. You can't do it yourself. You need a God that comes in and says, I got to water you down. I'm going to wet you down. I'm going to wash that up, but I'm going to clean you up. Hallelujah. But you have to be willing to accept that cleaningness process. Hallelujah. You have to be willing to say, I'm not going to be a part of what they say I need to be a part of. I'm going to be my own man in Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to search the word. I'm going to seek his commands. And I'm going to ask him, does it please you, God, or does it not? Because sometimes we question because the world teaches you to question things. And that's okay to question many things. But when it comes to things we want, we question it. Where does it say in the Bible that I can't drink? Where does it say that? I've never seen it. Where does it say I can't smoke a cigarette here and there? Where does it say that I can't go out there and live my party life that I want to live? Who says I can't do that? Show me in the Bible. I don't have to show you. The Spirit of God's going to show you if you listen to it. If you're not transformed, then you're going to listen to those, those thoughts and say, yeah, that's true. Where does it say that I can't do this? But somebody who's been transformed thinks like this and says, I know that this does not bring honor to God. It never has. It never will. I separate myself from that. I don't even want anything to do with that because I don't need a cigarette to give me the nicotine. I got a God that can give me the fulfillment and being filling my purpose inside. Hallelujah. Your daily walk will teach you to conform to the ways of God and not to the ways of the world. The daily walk in Christ, when you read the word of God, you will find things that says, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What does that mean? That means it's not about you. Hallelujah, Jesus. You, you, you know, we, we, we need to get more involved and in touch with the God that gives us direction, hallelujah. And less in touch of what man or woman is telling you is the right thing for you to do when you know in your spirit it's not the right thing. Because if you have the spirit of God, it will instantly check you. It's going to check you first. And you're going to feel like, should I be doing this? Eh. And that right there is your first sign. Because if it doesn't bring honor to God, if it doesn't please God, then he's not okay with it. I don't care what it is. Hallelujah. But the standards of this world are not set by God or his word. They're set by man's pride and egoistic desires of the flesh that have, has been inspired by Satan himself. I said a lot right there, but let me just break it down to you in layman's terms. This world has the, the ideologies and the way they think has been created by Satan. That's the way it works. 
And it knocks on your door and says, hey, let me tell you about this new mindset. You can serve God, but you can do your own thing too. God's not going to care. Doesn't he love you? He died for you, remember? So you can go and live your life. Live it to the fullest. By the way, I'm going to send some, somebody with, some, with a six-pack very soon. They're going to offer it to you. Live it to the fullest. That's conformed. You're, let, you're giving attention to that. Hallelujah. But society teaches us that we must work for everything. It bombards our minds. And it shows, you know, I, I saw this a while back. You know, if you watch football, you're going to see it too. Haven't you noticed that in football commercials, there are so many beer commercials? Right? Corona and Tony Romo's on there now. And, oh, you know, it's all about the beer. And it's all about, you see all these pretty girls. And they're like, yeah, 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 you know, hey, whatever they call that, toasting to each other and, or, or you, or you know, or you, you, you know, you, you, you see these parties and they're all like chilling, they're all dancing in a campfire, you know. Think about that. That's the world's way of having fun, and it lasts for a moment, because the moment it stops, they're back in the same area that they were before, and it doesn't bring them anything because they have not been transformed. They've been conformed, which means they've accepted some of what God has said, they're living their life, but they have not transformed their mind. So that kind of thing attracts to them, and they're like, I want to live that party life. Well, let me tell you something. I, I, I promise you that if you talk to somebody who came from that back neck of the woods, you're going to understand that it's not all about that. That there's a part that there's a divorce that happens in between the drunkenness, hallelujah, and the drugs. That there is an abusive relationship that happens because of alcoholism. But yet you want to entangle yourself in the mud and play with the mud a little bit because it looks so fun. We need men and women of God that know that when God has transformed you, you don't want to go back anymore. Why go back to Egypt if he's taking you out of Egypt? Hallelujah. He set you free. Why would you want to go back? I'm not here to point fingers. I'm here to encourage something inside of you. I'm here to light a fire inside that says, God, I need to be transformed truly, God. I desire to go back to my old ways. I desire to go back to my old drugs. I desire to go back to my old women. I desire to go, whatever it is that you struggle with in your individual life, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that comes from the word of God. They show these models. They look great. You've seen the models, you know, and, you know, if you're, if you're heavier set, I'm not directing this toward you, but heavier set women um, in the world's way of thinking is just not acceptable because they put all these models with nice skinny bodies. And some of them are like super skinny. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, but they put all these skinny models and all this makeup and, and this, is, this is the way it should look. This is the way you should look to be beautiful. And if you're not transformed with your mind, you will take and say, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a bigger girl? Oh, she's ugly, dude. Come on now. What is the world teaching you? I'll tell you what the world's teaching you. The works of the flesh. I'm going to give it to you right now. Because sin holds the appearance that it looks great. Just like the, I gave you the example of the mud. It looks fun. It looks great. But it, it comes with the cost. You're going to get dirty. You're going to get muddy. And if you let your hands dry out with that mud, it's going to be filthy. And then when you go touch something, you're going to be all like, oh, it's nasty. It feels all gr gross. But, you know, it, it's, it's a short-lived process that gives you a joy for just a moment. 
But the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 18 to 21 says, I love the way the message explains this. Listen very carefully because this is the works of the flesh. You want to be transformed? Learn the enemy's plan has already been exposed. Okay? Are you listening to me? The enemy's plan has already been exposed. What I mean by that is you don't have to guess at what the enemy is going to attack you with. I'm going to read to you the way the enemy attacks you. Here it is. The book of Galatians chapter 18 verse, verses 18 to 21. Chapter 5, 18 to 21 says, Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit so that it escapes the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? Long old, big old, you know, words, right? Bottom line, why don't you be led by the Spirit instead of being led by the flesh? It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your way, your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to those who like to fill their mind with garbage. Frenzies and joyless grabs for happiness. God's trinket gods, false gods, magic show religion. Hallelujah. Paranoid loneliness. Come on, somebody. Cutthroat competition. All consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. An impotence to love or be loved. Impotence. Divided homes and divided lives. Small minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. You want to know why you're not supposed to be drinking and smoking your stuff? You got to smoke? Because it becomes an addiction. It becomes your go-to. I need a hit. I need to feel that. I need to dr drown my sorrows. Uncontrollable addictions. Only parodies of community. And it says, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know, I, if you use the freedom this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, those of you who have been saved, God's mercy covers you. But what I want you to understand is that the works of the flesh, you've never heard them like that, I'm sure. That is in the book of the Bible. It's the Bible, but it's in the message version, in case you want to look it up later. It's so just real. It's so us. Hallelujah. So Paul tells them, don't be conformed to those ways. Be transformed. Hallelujah. To what ways, God? Well, if you follow later on in that scripture, it says, but the fruits of the Spirit is, and it goes into detail. Transform means, listen to me on this one. I need you to catch this. Transformation, it means to make a thorough or dramatic, everybody say dramatic, change in the form, appearance, character of, which means you got to be truly changed. It has to display on the outside. It has to display on the inside. It has to be a complete transformation. You cannot tell me you've been changed if you still dab into the mud a little bit. Just a little bit. You can't tell me you've been changed if you're still struggling with the same addictions that held you bound in the first place. That's not that's not freedom. That's not transformation. That's confirmation. That's confirmation right there. Conformed. Hallelujah. Amen. The desires of the flesh, we just, it's so powerful. And it tells you the word of God says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Stop right there, stop traffic. 
the desires of the flesh, what you want, is always going to go against what God wants. All right? And the desires of the Spirit are always against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. I'm giving you so much word today that you just need to take something of it, ask God what he wants you to know. The other side doesn't want you to, to do God's will. It wants you to do something else. And why am I bringing forth this message? Because our churches nowadays, sometimes, just, just sometimes, they sit here, they give glory to God. We give praise to God. We honor God. We give him all the honor. We come and hallelujah, my, you know, my praise, hallelujah, belongs to you. Then we walk out that door and guess what we do? We go back and put our head down. And we walk and say, ah, a whole new week ahead and waits for us. There's another whole new week ahead of us. And we're so defeated. Oh, and then we see Pastor. Hey, how's it going, Pastor? How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Then you and I walk away. Your pastor walks away. And I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking real talk, amen? If, this, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, it's for someone else, amen? But I want you to know that those who have been transformed walk differently. Hallelujah. They walk and they're like, Pastor, how are you doing? Look, man, it's been a rough week, but I couldn't wait to get into the house of God. It's been a rough week, but I can't wait to come before the presence of God when you call for the altar call. And give him all the honor and glory and say, God, it's been a rough week. I've been a mess. I've failed you a couple of times. But I come to you because I know your love isn't going to embrace me. It's going to embrace me till the moment I start crying. It's going to hold me even more and harder hallelujah because that's what it comes down to i say all that i've given you all that whole transformation talk because i want you to know that god in a moment just like this can transform your life hallelujah he can change it from the way it's going right now you may not be close to god god can change it you may not be where you want to be in Christ. God can fix that for you. You may not be who you think you are or who you want it to be. God can change that for you. He won't turn from you. Because he's transformed his creation. You can choose to live your defeated life. Fulfilling your own desires. Which at the end of it all, you'll be more lonelier than ever. Or you can, you can come and choose to bring all your ashes and give them to God and say, God, I need an exchange. Oh, yeah, what do you need an exchange for? I need you to give me beauty for all these ashes. Transformed, but not conformed. You with me still? I believe that someone today is receiving something inside in your spirit and, and, and you know that he's speaking to you you may try to play it off and say well, that's for someone else but no it's for you it's for you you haven't been transformed yet you can be in church all your life and still live a life that you're not transformed you can you could be a, the, the praise team singer you could be the keyboardist and still struggle with not being transformed because when God sets you free, he truly frees you indeed. Amen? And let me, just, let me just silence some critics out here that are either watching or whatever. God doesn't take things away from your life only to bring them back to you and bring them, put them back in your life again. Do you understand that? God's not going to take you out of a life of sin only to take you back into the life of sin that you came out of. It does not work like that. 
God says, forget the field that was over there. I got a whole different field over here. One that you're going to love, son, daughter. You're going to love it. But a change has to happen. It has to be genuine. It has to come from within. You have to be honest with God. You can't fool God. You can't trick him. You can't say, God, I love you, God, and you really inside you don't love him. Or, or God, I want to serve you, and you really inside you don't want to serve him. You can't lie to God. You can't lie to the Holy Spirit. It is in you, and it tells you, it knows you what you're going to pray before you pray. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. You have to allow God to change the way you think. Renew your mind. Very soon, not this Saturday, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, I'm going to start a new series. Uh, it's going to be a three-part series, and it's going to be called Detoxifying the Mind. Okay? Detoxifying the Mind, just like that. We'll get into detail when it comes around it. But you must understand something, church, that God doesn't want you to live a life in slavery. He doesn't want you to be enslaved he doesn't want you to have to think, well, everybody says this is okay in the world, so it is okay. What does your Bible say about that? I was talking to my sister the other day. I had a good, I had a, a, an old acquaintance, business acquaintance. She saw the post I posted about my daughter and the whole situation with the homecoming uh, queen, queen, if you want to think of it in that sense. Um, and she just, this, this girl just went at it like, <laughs> she came out of nowhere, just wham. And how could you be judging? And there's other things more important. And why would you be focusing on this small thing? And, you know, you know how are they going to come to your church if you don't love them? And I was like, I let her finish. And then, and then I was like, according to whose standard? Just because I don't agree with what the world teaches doesn't mean I don't love those people. Because if that young lady would be in my church today, I would be sitting here and telling her, there's a God that loves you. And a God that wants to change your life. Hallelujah. And we're going to love you through the process. Hallelujah. Do you get that? I'm not against her. I'm against what the enemy's trying to do in her life. But if we're not transformed, we'll think and say, you're right, Pastor. Caleb, you're right. I'm judging them, Caleb. I can't, I can't think like that. I don't have a right to think, even though I know the word of God speaks against it. I don't have a right to think. I got to listen to what everyone else says is okay. Because then if not, I'm wrong. Transformation has to occur. Transformation means you got to dramatically be changed, hallelujah. And when you get changed, you don't want to go back to what was back then anymore. You want to take a new life, pick up your bags with your new life and say, God, you, I, my family, let's walk, God. Let's go to where you're going to take me, hallelujah. That's transformation. That is transformation. Con to be conformed, confirmation is to say, uh, God, you can put, uh, you know, I'll take my bags, but... Uh, I'm going to go back here. A bit. I'm going to go visit you. I'm going to go visit you for a little bit, God. I'm going to visit you, and then I'm going to go back. I'll be back, though. I'll be back. As long as you have your mercy and grace, I'll be back. Trust me. I'm going to need it. Can we get the uh, keyboardist? Hallelujah. I'm coming to an end with this. The battle, if you must know, it's not against you, me, Brother Ro. The battle's not against us. Amen? I, you know this already. I'm just giving you an example. You know, Brother Caleb, you know that the battle's not against you and I. We don't come here. We don't talk. We don't argue at times because, you know, as a church, because we disagree with each other. We have, we have to understand that the battle is in the spiritual realm. The battle is in your mind. 
You want to know why? Go be around somebody that's going to give you a beer. What's the first thing you're going to think about before you drink it? Should I be doing this? Is this the right thing to do? That's your mind. And the enemy comes and goes, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good, good. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Man, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. God's going to be good with it. It's in your mind. The battle is in your mind. The battle for your soul is in the mind. If you have not accepted Christ yet into your life as your Savior, then the, the, the enemy has been battling to steal your life. He wants to take you and destroy you. But oh, if you must know the God that we serve. Woo! i tell you one thing. There is a God that already loves you even before you even loved yourself. And he says, you just come to me and watch what I'm going to do with your life. You thought you had purpose before. Watch what I'm going to do with it. When I change your mind, when I transform your mind, when I come into your life, you're going to think differently. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is a God that the Word of God says, before we loved, God first loved us. That's powerful. Because some of us love conditionally, which means depending on how we feel, we love. Let us stand. You have to rebuke the enemy from your mind. You have to come to God and surrender your thoughts and your mind to God. You have to remember that, you know, you have to think that God is always greater than what you will face in life. That's powerful right there. We need to learn that it's not about us. It's not about what we want for our lives. It's about what God desires. There's a church that you're sitting in today that needs a lot of work. Hallelujah. We need a lot of help. You know what kind of help we need? The kind that whatever God says you're going to do is going to be done. You may be the one that watches the door. You may, one that, you may be the one that brings water to the pastor. It doesn't matter what it is. But there is a ministry. There is a purpose. You're not here in this church because you're just here because we're family or because you're, it's a coincidence. You're here because God has you here. What is God's will for your life? You have to be changed, transformed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Stay out of the mud. Stay out of the mud. It only brings more problems to you. Stay away from the way the world's thinking is. Dig deep in the Word of God. I promise you, it will tell you what to think. It will guide you. It will help you. Hallelujah, Jesus.